The Urban Broadcast Collective brings together the best podcasts on cities and urban life. Subscribe to us on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Listening to This Must Be the Place, and this is Liz Taylor of Monash University. This episode is the third and last in a set of three about the Pyramid Hill and East Malvern tragedies. It's one of the digital death trip segments, or spin offs, where we investigate geographically themed tragedies selected at random from the National Library of Australia's Trove Archive of Digitised Historical Newspapers. The digital death trip bot is custom coded by Sarah, whose voice you'll hear. You'll also hear the voices of Nicole and Juliet, who came along on a field trip. Because I collected too much information, this particular podcast about Pyramid Hill and East Malvern is in three parts, so this is the last instalment. You definitely need to listen back to episodes one and two, where we heard about the 1906 tragedy with Constable Lang in Pyramid Hill, and the strangely connected 1902 tragedy in East Malvern, and about other eerie stuff more recently. Here in the final segment, we return to hear a few updates about the stories that I just couldn't resist researching further in the months following our visit to Pyramid Hill in Northern Victoria. Okay, let's see. Here is my random tragedy from Pyramid Hill. Year 1906. Headline, The Triple Tragedy, Pyramid Hill Sensation. It's the last sighting of Crystal that we've had. Hi again, it's actually September, so a couple of months after we went to Pyramid Hill, and I thought I'd just recap in the sense that there were a few things that we flagged in the discussion where I was like, what about this? Should I check this? And some of them I have checked. And some things that just happened that we didn't expect. Yeah, so we'll start with the first point. I think... We said, rather in passing in discussion, Oliver John Lang, the police constable in Pyramid Hill, it was rumoured that his father committed suicide as well. So I fact-checked this. How did you fact-check it? I went to the public records office and looked in the inquest files Mm -hmm. um, for people matching that name, description, location is from Euroa. And um, so I knew that the constable grew up in Euroa. So I was looking for someone with the same name. That's a handy thing about looking for fathers. They have the same last name. It's a lot harder when you're looking for women. And now they have oh, anyone that's, that dies um, unnaturally has an inquest record. It makes it easier in the sense that, not easier, but if you're trying to find it's someone who like died in an unnatural way, it was one of the things that the bureaucracy was very thorough about. So if you were murdered or killed yourself, or even a lot of inquest files, I find are... Um, People that died in asylums and things like that. Yes, yeah, so there's people in the institutional care. Yeah, that's right. Have a blow by blow because they're sort of. I'm not sure precisely what the logic was, but they're trying to account for for what happened. So I found the inquest of his father. It is true that Oliver John Lane's father did kill himself. Yep. I'm I'm drawing this out because it's it's so uh, full on when you think about it in, in context. First of all, his father did kill himself. He hanged himself. In near their farm. What year was that? 1891. Mm-hmm. So about 13 years pre- before 14 the... years mm-hmm. previously mm-hmm. Um, near their farm in Euroa. In similar fashion, there was no reason given. It just said that he, this guy, who was also called Oliver Lane Sr. Yep. He just constantly talked about, I've, I've read the inquest, 
his wife saying he was just constantly trying to kill himself. He was just a really despondent person. Oh. And his sons found him. So all, Spooky. The constable yeah. found his father, who mm-hmm. had hanged himself on a tree early in the morning in the farm. And when they're talking about... Mm. And here, even in the in the uh, deputa- de- depositions of the inquest, they're yep. saying... Um, Okay, so let's let that sink in. Okay, so, so Constable that, Lang killed his kids and killed himself. Yeah, and he and had he found would, his father who had killed himself and then been discovered by his kids. Yes. Yeah. And, and in this, this is the thing where I was like, oh, I have to, I have to search this factoid more, or this horrible detail more. In the inquest for his father, senior, says, Oliver Lang Senior. Oliver Lang Senior. Oliver Lang Senior had attempted suicide three times previously, unsuccessfully with poison, he mm-hmm. hanged himself. Quote, his father hung himself in Melbourne in the early days. He had Whoa. two sisters that drowned themselves and Holy another doy. that died in the asylum. So Constable's father killed himself. His two <laughs> sisters killed themselves. So his two aunts killed themselves. Gee. And then I went back and checked his father. So the father of... So his Insane. grandfather yep. also killed himself. Holy doy. And yeah. also found by his son. So Very. this was in the early days, 1846 in Melbourne, Hugh Lang, his grandfather, mm. I didn't find the inquest for this one, I just found the news reports, his grandfather, headline, melancholy and determined. Mm. An inquest was held, so I, I just keep away the fact that I, could, I should be able to find the, the thing, but yeah. there was an inquest held on the body of William Lang. And again, it says melancholy and determined because this was the person who constantly trying to kill himself. That's and not a great it. gene to pass on, but and I guess... And he was also found by his son. That's full on. So, so in a weird way, the murder in Pyramid Hill is the end of the chain because his son... Well, he's, he killed his kids, so... He killed his yeah. daughters, and yeah. his son, or potentially his son, lived and didn't kill himself. Yeah, that was the end of that chain, but that's Actually, a heck of a chain. flippant so. comment insertion, it suggests that it wasn't really his son. Yeah, than the young child. If we take this genetic, this is a yeah. really confronting question of is this a genetic thing? So, or but then you can just look at about it experientially. So yeah, they go. This is a normal you, thing to do. Because in both cases, they found their own father killed themselves. Yeah, and they they came came maybe that's just the experience of having mm-hmm. gone through something like that. You felt like it would be inevitable. Yeah, and repeated. So that's my first thing that I found. Yeah, out. could have got a circular thing where they feel it's genetic, so they might as well do it. So it's, it becomes a catch twenty two. If I, you know, they feel like they, uh, it's inevitable that they'll do it, so they do it. But if they didn't think it was inevitable, they wouldn't have done it. Yeah. So yeah. how do you, you know, determinism and is it the yeah. word? Yeah. 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 Melancholy, melancholy and determined is a heck of a phrase to put together. Yeah, so that, because in all the, three of these cases, three men. Grandfather, father, and son—all mm-hmm. of them repeated, either repeatedly attempted suicide or repeatedly told people they were—they're going to kill themselves. themselves. Yep. In the case of the grandfather in 1846 in Melbourne, they actually do give a reason for why he killed himself. Yeah. It says um, he's appeared to be in a low state of mind since his arrival in the colony. Oh. Remember, the colony only started. Wow. Indeed, ever since he became acquainted with the melancholy death of his eldest daughter. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. yeah I feel like you could almost trace oh. this chain back and back and back. Oh, that's really horrible. Okay, so the the chain of events was actually started by the, the aunt. Yes. Yeah. It says, a grandfather, uh, what's his name, William Lang, 1846, mm-hmm. was in a low state of mind mm-hmm. ever since he became acquainted with the melancholy death of his eldest daughter, who, who we is know, of course, the sister yep. of the man who hanged himself, who was the father Later. of the country. Yeah, that's right. So it kind of sounds like it was 
the the sister killed herself, her dad killed himself, then the son killed himself, and then his son killed himself. And who knows? I now want to know why all the circumstances of her death. I did not research that. Yep. It's like a thread you pull. So, Nicole, yes. uh, some words to describe Pyramid Hill. Impressions of? It's curious. It's very bleak. But there's a lot of places that are difficult to place historically. <laughs> oh my god, there's Pyramid Hill. Yeah, that's, that's the hill. We can walk up it. Well, what, what are your words on Pyramid Hill? Oh, well, Juliet's description of the yard they saw. It was a house, but it was full of, the yard was full of old cars and old mobility scooters and an old bus. And then they saw people in the house. They were fixing a broken window. Another feature of the Pyramid tragedy, Hill tragedy that we were still curious about of even after visiting Pyramid Hill and doing the initial research run was how did Edith Constable Lang's wife die? Yes. We had a sense that, well, obviously she died young, she was 23. We had various theories that, you know, she died in um, childbirth or of a broken heart. You said she ki- he killed her, but I disagreed because it happened in Malvern. Mm-hmm. Too far away. So there's a little bit of a... I mean, at least I found out, because for a while uh, I couldn't couldn't find the details. I found the death certificate for Edith. Yep. Um, Edith Jordan. And what year did she die in, sorry? Yeah. My brain's the same still just year, going. 1906, yeah. February 1906. Yep. So um, I had to, like, read... This is one of these... It's boring if you're not looking at the visuals, mm-hmm. but, like... Check the handwriting. Oh <laughs> man, <laughs> I was with there like yeah, really picking this one apart for ages, and then I picked it almost it become like uh you know just just like symbols that the words are so yeah, yeah scribbly. Then that's just what like my um, handwriting looks like. Yeah, now. it's just some kind of scribble that only I understand. Yeah, it the cause of death was just some weird word like which means I, I went and uh, finally unpicked all those letters, and I forget how to pronounce them now. Mm-hmm. Stuck them all together. Ultimately, it was um, it's a word for t- TB. T- TB, yeah. T- pulmonary tuberculosis. Classic olden days disease. Yeah. So she would have been very sick. Uh, other detail from the death certificate is that yeah, she was twenty three, and she died at her father's house. But her father's house, uh, Frank Jordan. He wasn't, so it was incorrect, some of the reports that he was retired. He mm-hmm. was not retired. He's he didn't retire until the next year, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. He was still the active police, whatever you call it, in mm-hmm. East Malvern at that time. His house was the police station. Yep. In Chanick Street, East Malvern. And so her death certificate mentions he died at Chanick Street, East Malvern, at, the fa- at her father's house. And then I checked that out. Where was the East Malvern police, police station? station. And it was that house. Yeah. And then I did a little bit of extra <laughs> googling, like found the house because it's not it's not a building that is obviously was obviously a police station now. Mm-hmm. I had to do. I didn't had to have to. I chose to <laughs> find. I ordered from the public records office the plans of the East Melbourne police station, and then matched it up to buildings on that street, Chanick Street, East Melbourne today. Mm-hmm. And it, the building is still standing. It's just a house now. Yeah. And a fancy house. It's a really fancy house with a pool. The detail I liked about it was on the map, the, sorry, the plan of this house that was the police station in 1906 
in East Melbourne. And is now a fancy house. It says it's got the lock-up in the back, so I guess where they kept remand, remanded prisoners. And then when you match it up to this fancy, like, $3 million house in East Melbourne now, that's where the pool is. Haunted pool. So that's, uh, yeah, haunted <laughs> pool is the main there. Part of my research on this front was actually using these, using these fabulous, the MNBW um, audit plans they did before they put the sewers in. Mm-hmm. They're really uh, wonderfully detailed. detailed. Like exactly the ordnance maps in the UK. So here but, we see. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, perhaps even more so because they're, trying, they're mapping not only where are the buildings, but they're mapping where is the building in relation to where we're going to put the toilet. So that's yeah. why I put the outbuilding stuff in. Yeah. Cause <laughs> of death. I ha- so I actually had to order death certificate for this mm-hmm. one. Got it. The cause of death of Edith, Constable Lang's first wife, acute phthisis asthenia. Oh, so it's man. spelled acute P-H-T-H-I-S-I-S, asthenia. Phthisis. Asthenia was a term meaning weak. Yep. Phthisis <laughs> was an old term for pulmonary tuberculosis. Yeah, okay. Consumption or TB. Yeah. And also in a death certificate said length of illness, two months. Next factoid related to this is that Sergeant Jordan was living in Tannock Street at the police cop shop. The cop shop, I love that Where, where he just died and now there's mm. a haunted pool. After his retirement, he moved elsewhere in, in the region, just to Caulfield. Yep. And he built a house that he called Edithville. Oh, is that still there? No. Oh. It's got flats there. Oh, Very haunted nice. flats. Yeah. <laughs> I was disappointed in that fact as well. Oh. So, uh, there is an Edithville in Coburg. It's uh, so it was on Halsted Street in Caulfield, mm-hmm. Edithville, and I actually had a few incorrect, a little, little bit of an incorrect discussion when we're talking about his other two. He had a, he had a couple of sons. Yep. I looked at really, you know, her Edith's uh, will mm-hmm. probate le- records. For example, she had a piano. Yep. Le- mm. Left to her father. Yep. And his will as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he had some. One of whom seems to have. Um, just become a, oh, I haven't said, a normal person. Mm-hmm. One of them died in the sanatorium. Yeah. Uh, so he did have other children. He certainly had one daughter. I looked at the death notice, which mm-hmm. I hadn't had before. Uh, laying in loving memory of my only daughter, Edith May, who died oh. on 8th of February at police station East Malvern. Mm-hmm. Inserted by her sorrowing father, Sergeant Jordan, and her brothers, William and Francis. Mm. So, uh, oh, sorry, William, Francis, and Walter. So three sons. Yep. Next point of follow-up that, that was niggling, I suppose. Yep. We, we were always spooked by the fact that the bot picked these two murders. It seems sort of related. So and it, it is random. I can supply the code. And and then we were kind of like... But then this, this detail about the fact that the Pyramid Hill murder, his father-in-law, who was central to his reasons for murdering his children... <laughs> Was the police sergeant in East Melbourne? In East Melbourne, yes, yes. And then we said, someone said in passing, oh, does that mean that Sergeant Jordan was the one that um, maybe found the... The first murder? Yes. Yep. I can confirm. Here I have the inquest for the Mueller's, Mueller's yep. in 1902, the East Melbourne tragedy, report of Sergeant Jordan. He was the one that found the um, bodies and attended the scene in East Moulton four years previously. The, the other tragedy randomly chosen by the bot when we ran it. And also another sad thing that happened, yeah. like just the tentacles of, of sad things. Um, so Sergeant Jordan would be well aware that um, it was quite possible for a father to murder his children. Yes. <laughs> so he'd be, he'd be well aware of that. It would be a, not a hypothetical, therefore adding to the 
you know, terrible outcome that he probably knew full well what was uh, what was possible. He wouldn't be someone going, oh, I never thought this was possible. He'd be thinking. Yeah, so here's his yeah, account for knowing. Well, I reckon this is a really I dangerous situation. information uh, on 7.30 where I was informed by telephone that a murder had taken place at the Mueller's uh, house in Waverley Road, East Melbourne. Um, I proceeded there, going through an upstairs window to the front bedroom, I found Mrs. Cecilia Mueller, aged mm-hmm. about 40 years, lying on the bed and bullet wounds in the forehead, out of which blood was flowing, lying on her back. Wow. Her limbs stretched and then found the son. So he, I mean, presumably he attended a lot of murders, but yeah. he definitely attended this murder-suicide and this... You can only imagine it would be fresh in his mind when he's thinking about how much he hates his son-in-law. Yeah, and, and thinks he's a bit suspicious. And mm-hmm. the son-in-law's got custody of the kids. And he then Sergeant Jordan thinks he's this guy's sus. And he'd know full well that this kind of thing can happen. And clearly was taking steps to try to stop it, try to stop it from happening. So I believe that's what you call a tragedy. You yeah. can see something about to happen and it happens anyway. Why was Constable Lane being investigated? investigated? What was this thing hanging over his head? Was mm-hmm. he going to lose his job? And I really tried hard to get to the bottle. Get to the bottle of it. Yeah. <laughs> bottom of this, but you know, Didn't I work. can say there was definitely. I mean, it's worth emphasising that that does. Something was definitely happening. Yeah. I just didn't find the actual letter. Mm-hmm. So what I did was, following the rumour reported in the, around the pyramidal tragedy and also in the inquest, saying that, that there have been some questions raised about Constable Lane's mm-hmm. position. So I went to look for police correspondence files at the public records office. Mm-hmm. And there's this whole sequence of indexes. So you have to get one big fat book that has every, for each year, yep. it's got every um, policeman mm-hmm. at the time and then every topic. So, oh. for example, they've got all the constables listed alphabetically, yep. but they also have things like, so there's under L, they've got Constable Lang, Lang yeah. but they also have things like life, L is for licensing, uh-huh. that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, a is for Aboriginal. Oh, so this is the index, not the storage. So you start with index, and yep. then you have that then goes to another book which links to a register. Yeah. So in the index, it'll say L is for Lane. Mm-hmm. I found Lane for that, that year. Mm-hmm. He's got his record. He's got something about, uh, well, obviously the main record is Lane, Constable, Murder and Suicide. And then it says Y9971. So there's always numbers. Yep. separate books so if you go to this book uh, a book Y for that year mm-hmm. then it has no new information but the details of the fact that he yep. killed himself mm-hmm. there was another one reward he received a reward for some fishing okay yep uh, the thing that I was int- of the most relevance was transferal so mm. and this was under so I found that it said transferred 7864 and then you had to go to this other book, a mm-hmm. register, yep. 
that contains a register of all the correspondence. Mm-hmm. And I found that thing, there's a lot of decoding because there's no one around that can actually tell you. No, it no, it's all there's, gone. There's yeah. Some instructions, but largely you just have to try and get you to head back into the bureaucracy at the mm-hmm. time. There was a record relating to someone requesting that he would be transferred. Yep. But it says uh, on October 9th, so this is um, a month or so before, somebody, it says, requested his transfer for full facts of case. See, see. further report in... Blah. And then I, like, tried really hard to find that thing, and mm-hmm. I have not found it. Yeah. I got the wrong box, and... That's my story. It's yep. heartbreaking. We know, so I can say that that was definitely happening. Somebody yes. was trying to get him either fired or transferred. Transferred, yes. And so he wasn't just neutrally hanging about Pyramid Hill, having lost his wife and everything, just going along as best as could be expected. It was his wife had died and his his uh, position was not secure. Yeah, you know, something was happening. Fact, like, we, we mentioned this previously, but in the historical accounts of Pyramid Hill, so some of the local history books, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and a little bit in the news coverage and the inquest, it talked about how when Council Lyon first came to Pyramid Hill, he was a pretty gung-ho yeah. uh, guy. And then the last few months of his time there, certainly, and perhaps even up to a year in advance uh, before he died, he was more like just sat around drinking all day. And uh, whether or not that letter said was raising concerns about him just being uh, ineffective, just a drunk or whatever, or more specific yeah. concerns. Unfortunately, yeah. I can't say. expedition what date was that again i can still remember the weather and all that sort of stuff it was july it was almost like dead middle of july yeah so cold um, uh, july 12th yep we went to pyramid hill it was rainy cold middle of winter we're there we did talk about crystal fraser who was missing yep we mainly talked about the 1906 yeah but as it happened five days after our visit Mm-hmm. Or updated. Maybe like two days after. We it was there. very shortly after. So we went on a Friday, yeah. and then I believe there was a sort of uh, a, a, a development on the Crystal Crazer case on the Wednesday. Yeah, a couple yeah. of days later. Yeah, uh, which was a little bit, you know, spooky, a bit unnerving. Maybe people thought we were there. <laughs> uh, so still no new facts. Oh, they're out to us. But uh, what happened was that there was a news story came out that the police had increased the $100,000 reward. I'm going to read out now from the ABC. Her, her mother talking about people took advantage. It destroyed my family. I have other children. I have grandchildren. I have a husband, but it's taking its toll. Mm-hmm. We would have had a 10-year-old grandson. But yeah. Opportunity. Yeah, 10 years ago. Get mm. that opportunity. Uh, her daughter was a wonderful girl. She had a heart of gold, which was very naive. And here it says, Karen Fraser, that's her mother, said she'd had discussions with her daughter about the identity of her unborn child's father, but would not be drawn further. The investigation covered multiple regional Victorian towns when it began in 2009, and despite a man being arrested in 2018, no charges have been laid. A reward of $100,000 offered in 2012 has now been boosted to $1 million. $1 million, and that's what came out a few days after we'd yeah. been in Pyramid Hill. Mm. For information leading to the conviction of Ms. Fraser's killer or killers, new information has allowed us to narrow our focus more closely on one individual, mm. Detective Inspector Horan said. We strongly believe people who were living at the time in the Pyramid Hill, Litchfield, and Kahuna areas hold the key to this mystery. 
it's now for them to do the right thing and come forward and yes. tell us what happened to Crystal. After all this time, it would have been some consolation to be able to provide answers to Crystal's family, let alone justice for them and Crystal and holding someone to account. And they've got a little bit more information than revealing. Police said they established Crystal had travelled on the V-Line train from Bendigo to the Pyramid Hill in the disappearance. She got off the train about 8.40pm, last seen leaving an Albert Street address about 9.30 after visiting an acquaintance. Police said she took a 40-second phone call on her mobile phone just before midnight. The origin of that call has been traced to a public phone box outside the post office in the nearby town of Lichdor, mm. where we have been to this morning. Yep. She received 15 calls from that phone booth in two months before her disappearance, police said. And I no didn't catch that called. detail. That's a bit spooky. No yeah. one has called her phone from it since she vanished. We do believe that the person who's made the phone call is involved in her death, detectives said. I believe this caller holds the answers to what happened to Crystal and maybe the father of Crystal's unborn child. Investigators strongly believe that the caller was the last person to speak to Crystal prior to her disappearance. Police believe the caller was having a secret relationship with her and could have had another partner, which may explain his use of the phone booth. Mm-hmm. Crystal Fraser's mobile phone activity placed her in Litchfield at 2.49am, three hours after she got the call. Mm-hmm. The town is a 10-minute drive from neighbouring Kahuna, where she had earlier told hospital staff she would be attending a party. We believe she discharged herself from hospital on the night of her disappearance against medical advice because of what she described as a party at Kahuna. What can't be ruled out is that this invitation may have been a guise to move Crystal to a location where she had met with foul play. Police said they had considered and cleared a number of people of interest over the decade, including a 61-year-old man arrested in interviewed last year. They said anyone who provided information on themselves could be offered indemnity from the prosecution. Ooh. A little detail, I guess, Nicole was kind of commenting on is that that $1 million reward, apparently they don't use that money. And to clarify, Nicole knows because her brother is a high-ranking police officer who we've heard on another podcast. That we, yeah, that's right. Um, the money isn't meant to be like, ooh, I, I might go and find out some information. <laughs> I might do an investigation for a it's, podcast. <laughs> it's meant to be they know that someone knows. Yeah. the money is meant to be a calculated figure that says what will what does it take yeah and one million dollars isn't enough in this case yeah which makes you yeah so it it feels like you know it's a it's a it's a tangled web and like even with a million dollars people are like no i'm still not saying anything because there's too much at stake or you know i can't just buy another life yeah yeah like everyone's lives are well the people who are involved in it their lives are so tangled in it they can't start afresh but you know, it's got to keep you up at night to a certain extent, just like going, it's fine, it's fine, nothing happened, it's fine. Um, the other sort of mental image I had was of people going, we can't let it come out, it will break XYZ's heart. Um, yeah, that sort of perverse moralism that comes after you've already done something that's really terrible. We can't let people find out, it will hurt their feelings. The Missing Person Squad detectives are today announcing a $1 million reward for information in relation to the 2009 disappearance of Crystal Fraser, following the receipt of a promising uh, new lead. Crystal, who was heavily pregnant and only days away from giving birth at the time of her disappearance, was last seen on the 20th of June 2009 uh, in Pyramid Hill, a small country town in the north central of Victoria. A number of appeals for information over the last decade and the announcement of a $100,000 reward in 2012 
have failed to provide us and Crystal's family with the answers we need. Encouragingly, however, with the receipt of new information earlier this year, our investigation has progressed and allowed us to refocus our efforts. As a result of this new information, detectives have, have renewed a number of lines of inquiry into a person previously spoken to by police. And we are hopeful that with the announcement of the $1 million award, others will be encouraged to come forward with the information we need. The segue I'd like to make is a couple of folk songs. Yes, yes. First of all, a lot of this stuff around these past experiences and the mystery and so on, some of it seems awfully close to the lyrics of the long black fail. Yeah, especially when we're trudging around looking for uh, the, the graves in Pyramid Hill, which was a pretty spooky but weirdly familiar experience, I guess. After the that experience of being in Pyramid Hill and looking around in the greys, really, yeah, you feel the presence of people even though you know they're dead and you're not actually a superstitious person. It takes some convincing to be told that, you know, that... And you listen back to the recording at the cemetery. Yeah. It was actually rain on the hill, but yeah. it sounds like... Um, Spooky ghost static. Yeah. I think a part of you yeah. never really, never really truly believes that they're not hanging there in spirit in some way. Here's some of the lyrics from Long Black Bale, which is in the spirit of that. Ten years ago, on a cold, dark night, someone was killed beneath the town hall one. There were a few of the scenes, but they all The slayer who ran the book of Long Ten years ago, on a cold, dark night, there was someone killed beneath the town hall line. There were few at the scene but they all agreed that the slayer who ran looked a lot like me in this case he's taking the blame for it yeah the judge said son what's your alibi if you were somewhere else then you won't have to die i spoke not a word that was meant Man, my, life, my life for i'd been in the arms of my best friend's wife best friend's wife she walks these hills in a long, long black, black veil. She visits my grave she when the night leaves. Well, Nobody knows. Nobody knows well me. Nobody knows. Nobody sees. Nobody knows but me. Nobody knows but me. So it's told from the perspective of the dead person who's sort of still there in their grave. They know what happened. And they know that she knows and they see her struggling with her guilt. Yes, Not yeah. guilt directly, but I guess culpability. Culpability and that, you know, the, as much as something's been covered up, it hasn't gone away. Um, and, of course, that eventually, after the trip to Pyramid Hill, that filtered through in my mind at some point. Um, and called upon to do um, a gig where you write songs and fiddling around with some chords and stuff, thinking about Pyramid Hill. And I was trying to describe the events from a third-person perspective and then had this kind of snap moment of going, no, what about if it's from the, from the ghost's perspective, which is like the Long Black Veil. And in the Long Black Veil, it was 10 years ago, and in Pyramid Hill, it was 10 years ago.
So walking the hills. Yeah. So we nobody made it. Nobody knows. Nobody sees. Nobody knows. Yeah. And in Pyramid Hill, somebody knows. Somebody definitely knows, but they're not everybody saying anything. Everybody knows. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Nobody's saying anything. Yeah. The yeah. lyrics here talk about the the train into Pyramid Hill. Yes. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. And that sense of um, you know, some kind of long power. Yeah. Power. How do you pronounce that yeah. word? Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> some long black veil. Long black veil hanging over everything. Uh, can I finish the last yeah. line of the song? Is uh, um, on the hill there is a lookout, and there is. We went up on the lookout. On the hill there is a lookout. I can see that long dark train. Even when you close your windows, it comes back again. There's a ghost upon the hill. The abattoir has a name Garden gnomes have poker faces Each year rearranged The bins beside the highway Are taken in straight away But the things you know about me You still don't say there's a man in a mobility scooter He has things to do So why don't you, why don't you do The things that you should do There's a ghost upon the hill I existed I know you think of me still You won't say Who killed me I'm a ghost upon the hill I hear conversations By cheerful butcher's signs It gets so cold Here in the winter You can feel the wheels of time Turn back to the station A hundred years ago That's where the local policeman Turned his family to bones They're still there in the cemetery There were children, I was too So why don't you, why don't you do There's a ghost upon the hill A ghost upon 
So, that was one tragedy from Pyramid Hill. Good luck. Thank you. Goodbye. Well, that doesn't help.